it's Billy. I'm glad you're here for today's episode of Start Small, Believe Big. Many of us often find ourselves somewhere in the middle of failure and fulfillment, stuck in a limbo of frustration. I believe when we start with one small step to learn what we need to leave behind, more of who God is and who He's created us to be, we will find peace of mind and contentment. As we allow Jesus to transform us, we are empowered to live out His calling and purpose, one step, decision, and action at a time. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Today, I want to introduce you to my friend and author, Anne Van Hine. Anne lost her husband, a New York City firefighter, on September 11th, 2001. She shares her story of personal loss amid a national tragedy in her recently released memoir, Pieces Falling, Navigating 9-11 with Faith, Family, and the FDNY. Anne believes that the stories of September 11th are like a mosaic. The stories don't fit together like a puzzle. Instead, they lay next to each other to form the larger narrative of what happened that day and since. Welcome, Anne. Thank you for having me, Billy. It's so good to be with you. So good to be here. I also want to interject on the friendship side here. We met in 2016 at a writer's conference out in California and I just, I always am drawn to people that have very sweet spirits and, and stories. I love to hear people's stories. And you and I just connected and started talking and it just went from there. Then we saw each other at another conference. That was yep. a bit crazy. Yeah, we just keep bumping into each other at conferences. And I loved getting to know you back then. And yeah, it was, it was just fun. I've said to people though, She's a baseball wife, and I know nothing about baseball. And people have said, that's probably why she likes talking to you. You it, don't bring that up. <laughs> it is true. You know, we were talking earlier. Anne lives in New York, and we're in New York this summer for baseball. And we were talking about how you can be at the top of, of the love of everyone when you're winning and the bottom of the pit, <laughs> you know, Doomsville when you're not winning. And and there are so many people that just want to know, well, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So I tend to gravitate to people that don't know about baseball because it gives me some freedom to not have to right. think about the everyday yeah. day. Yeah. So, that's good. It is funny, but it's amazing. Just I was just telling you beforehand how proud I am of you for getting this book published because when I heard your story back in 2016, I was like, that is a book that needs to be available to people. And it's amazing how far you've come, how far we've both come, but how far God has brought us in stories to really show Jesus light, to show other people Jesus in, in your book, In the Hard Times. Tell me a little bit about your book. Just tell me what you want people to know about this book. Um. One of the main things is the importance of the fact that we don't do life alone, right? We do it with family and friends and the community that we're in. And even more than that, um, we do it with God. And God has been there every step of the journey. Not a journey I ever expected to be on, but um, it's the journey that, my daughters and I ended up on. 
And, um, and it was a choice at the very beginning of that journey. How was I going to go through it? And I tell the story in the book of um, just about a month before September 11th. Um, we'd been at family camp. We were loved camping. And um, Bruce's godson had gotten himself in trouble. He was, um, at that time, Justin, I think, was three. And he was really uh, Dennis the Menace incarnate. He just was. <laughs> he just was. Great kid, but th that was him. And he got himself in trouble. And his dad, Herb, had said to him, if you do such and such again, I don't remember what it was, you know, we're going back to our campsite. And of course, Justin did it again because that's what little kids do, and sometimes grown-ups as well. <laughs> and um, and Herb just scooped him up in his arms to carry him back to the campsite. And Justin was thrashing and you know weeping, wailing. And but the bottom line was he was going back to the campsite. And when I thought of that after September 11th. I realized I was going on that journey, whether I went screaming and yelling in my father's arm, my heavenly father's arm, or I just rested in his arms. And, um, and I, you know, I decided it was better to rest in his arms. That doesn't mean there haven't been times in the last 20 years that I look up at the ceiling and go, what the heck? Yeah, exactly. You know, but just that he has, he's got it. He knows what's, you know, God knows everything. And he's always with me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, part of the mystery of believing and trusting God is the mystery. If I can explain all of it, then where is the almighty, the all powerful, if I can sort it all out. So, yeah. So good. So good. Um, I just want the listeners to know I read your book and I loved it. I, I couldn't put it down. It was a story of your heart, Anne. And that's so hard to do is to write the story of your heart. And But you showcased God in such amazing ways. It was a It was an honor to read it. It was an honor that you allow readers in to your experience, to your grief, to your clinging to Jesus, to your unbelief at times that this had happened or, you know, all of that. Um, I guess what was for you, what, what do you think the hardest part of sharing your deepest story, your deepest experience? What was the hardest part of that for you? Not, not you know, not like, oh, this was horrible, but <laughs> what was that? most difficult part of sharing and what was it that God did to pull you through that? You know, part of it was just remembering all of it. You know, I'm, um, I'm not a journaler. I don't, I don't journal, you know, every now and then through the years, I, you know, wrote things down, which I saved all that. But, you know, in, in that first year in particular, I was just doing life on autopilot. So I don't, you know, like, you know, I just made sure my kids got to school and I've taught and we got to church and, you know, repeat type thing. Um, so remembering some of it was difficult. And there was a particular thing I remembered that I remembered totally wrong. Thankfully, there was video of the event I could watch because really like our memories are not, 
you know, they're so from our standpoint, which is the only standpoint they can be from. But, you know, so that was part of it. And then at one point, writing about one thing that happened, um, I could feel my jaw like clenching up the way it had when that when it had actually happened. And the reality of that, it it wasn't happening again. I was just like, you know, remembering it. And it's even like kind of connected, but not, but you know, my brain's like all over the place all the time. Um, <laughs> Join the crowd. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I talk about having breast cancer in the book. And um, during that time, I would smell ginger tea and that would like help me. But now if I smell, smell ginger tea, it makes me sick. Wow. And it's just like the power of our, of our minds, yeah. you know, and the things that get stored there and what, you know, it's just it's so weird. Yeah. That is really, really weird. What do you feel that decision was? What was that turning decision? I guess the first question is, have you always dreamed of writing a book? And then what the next follow-up question would be, what was that decision that you made? What was that that one moment that you felt like I need to share this story. You know, people, um, as different things were happening, people kept saying, Oh, you should write a book. I mean, and sometimes that was because, you know, I just told a story about something that happened at my dancing school or, you know, when I directed a kid's camp, like, you know, some of that, all that stranger <laughs> truth is stranger. <laughs> Let alone the, you know, the September 11th story. And after I retired um, from teaching dance 10 years ago, I just thought, okay, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I was at the time volunteering with the 9-11 Tribute Museum, but it was like, you know, what else am I going to do? So I started considering that idea of writing and, um, yeah, just decided, well, how do you do that? And so I took an online writing course and then you know, went to some conferences. And of course, the first thing I guess we both learned at conferences was the first question writers say to each other is, so what do you write? Yeah. To which I responded, nothing to start with. (laughs) But, you know, just started learning and then kind of challenged myself. All right, like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And then, you know, put it down, picked it up. And through the time, the Lord just kept saying, no, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have to be obedient. Sometimes I, I often say in my writing journey that the Lord called me to write. And I said, I'm from North Carolina. I don't even speak English well. How am I going to write it? Number one. And, you know, number two, why me? I, I exactly. don't. It's like, why me? But then in being you know, obedient to that. I delayed that obedience, which is called disobedience, but then became obedient. So it really is when when God calls you to do something, it may seem too hard in our own minds, but definitely not if the Lord is asking you to do it. Right. Exactly. This year is marking 20 years, which uh, is unfathomable to me. Like it, it just, it blows my mind, but what is one thing that you always want people to remember about that day and also about Bruce's sacrifice on that day? That's a great question. Um, 
you know, that day, well, as I said to you earlier, anybody over the age of 25 knows exactly where they were that day. It's still a current event, but for the next generation, it has fallen into being history, which is, that's what happens, right? That's just what happens with the passage of time. And I think that the main thing was that day was such an ordinary day, such an ordinary day. Um, and, you know, and then it all went bad, right? And um, I think the main thing about Bruce and his sacrifice is that being a New York City firefighter, he was willing to make that sacrifice any day. And um, I think that's what police officers and firefighters and our military personnel would say. They're, they're prepared every day for that. And a few years ago, I, I thought about it and not to compare my um, husband to Jesus because he wasn't perfect, <laughs> as I am not either. Um, but, you know, I realized that Christ's decision to go to the cross was not made in the Garden of Gethsemane, just like those firefighters and police officers and, you know, security people at World Trade Center made tremendous sacrifices. They didn't make the decision to do that that day. That decision was made long before that, that this is what, you know, I'm going to do. And, um, and I think that's a challenge for all of us, right? Like, yeah. What yeah. are we willing to do, right? That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That is a question. What are we willing to do for Christ every day too, you know? Right. Absolutely. What sacrifice are we willing to make every day in our lives? You know, some of our sacrifices are called to be extreme sacrifices, like on 9-11. And then, you know, day to day, sometimes the sacrifice is being with someone you don't want to talk to, but you need to show the love to Jesus too, you know? (laughs) There are different levels of sacrifice, but uh, to be called to those extreme sacrifices is quite heroic. And I know that's not always a word that people like to hear on 9-11, but when we look at that day and all the people that helped and went up the stairs instead of down the stairs, that that was quite... um, quite a sacrifice and quite a, a humbling uh, thank you to them for what they did. So you say that you volunteer at the Tribute Museum. Tell me a little bit about the Tribute Museum and what your role is there. And yeah, um, thank you. Um, so back in 2005, I got a notice in the mail about that um the September 11th Families Association was starting this project called um, the 9-11 at the time Tribute um, Center. And they were looking for people to lead walking tours. And I thought, well, you know, I, I can probably do that. And so I, you know, I tell the whole story in the book, but I started volunteering with them. So I lead um, walking tours now, because since the 10th anniversary, we've had an actual memorial around the Memorial Plaza. And those tours include timeline and history and um, 
the symbolism. There's a lot of symbolism. And the thing that sets them apart from other groups that do tours is the fact that um, it includes my personal story or the other people that volunteer with tribute are survivors or downtown residents, like everyone that does walking tours um, or does gallery talks has a direct connection. And so you get all the information, but you also get the personal story. And, uh, and, you know, 20 years out, it is important for people to know timeline and statistics and stuff, but it's the stories that, you know, make it personal because history, you know, needs to be humanized. Yeah. All those things were real people. Yeah. It's, it is an amazing, if if those listeners that are listening now, if you have not been to the memorial, um, it is such an amazing um, tribute to, I mean, I know it's called the tribute museum, but the tribute to that day and the people that were there during that. And it is an amazing, I have not gone on the, on the walking tour with you, Anne, I keep trying for years. I've been yeah, trying. we've been trying for years. <laughs> we're going to pull it off sooner or later. One day we're going to be there together. A, a nice tour. fall day after baseball season. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, I thank you. I think it's so, it's so incredible that you guys do that because that human side of the story that's my love language. I feel like it's hearing people's stories mm-hmm. and it just, I love hearing people's stories. I love getting to know their lives, their experiences more and having you do that to be able to keep the memory of that day alive in a way that is real and true to those that may be under 25 that don't remember, that weren't born, that we can keep this honor going on for those that were there. So, um, let's see, what else do we want to talk about today? You have so many amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing that you feel helps you grow in your faith? Um, you know what? I think continuing to read, like I, I love to read and, um, and exploring different, um, like authors and stuff, you know, people that think far deeper than I do, like, you know, it might take me like a day to get, you know, underlining everything because it's like, I don't even, you know, but, um, you know, just that. And then just the constant conversation with the Lord, you know, just um, always knowing he's there and, at times he would appreciate if you acknowledge that he's, yes, exactly. that he's there, you know, um, you know, so like, you know, I mean, I totally agree with like reading your Bible and stuff like that, but I think also getting deeper, you know, reading commentaries and, you know, other people who might think slightly different, like a Richard Rohr or a Henry Nowen, who were like, what? Like every sentence is, yeah, mm-hmm. makes you think. Like I like it that. It does. So let our listeners know where they can find your book. I'm putting links in the uh, show oh, notes. Thank you, so that they can get, and also how they can continue to follow you and and um, get to know you more. Well, thank you. So um, all my social media is Ann Van Hine. So 
Instagram, Ann Van Hine. Um, Facebook is Ann Van Hine. I have a website, annvanhine.com. Um, the book you can get from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but I've really been encouraging people to, to walk into your independent bookstore and ask them to order you a copy and maybe suggest they order two copies so they could put one on their shelves. That's great. Yeah. Because, you know, we got to protect those independent bookstores too, which at this point, Barnes and Noble is almost an independent bookstore. It's a physical <laughs> store, at least, right? I mean, there's I nothing know. like a like a bookstore. Um, yeah. So, but um, annvanhine.com is my website, and you can sign up for my newsletter there. Thank you. Oh, that's that's awesome. I know that there are going to be a lot of people that want to purchase the book and also to follow along with what you're doing. What's next for you, Ann Van Hine? Well, I've got some speaking things coming up. Um, some of them are connected to the book and then others because it is the 20th anniversary coming up. And I have to tell you the craziest one coming up that just like just makes me laugh. And I is another one of my really God, like you yeah. need to do this <laughs> is um, I'm part of a panel at Harvard University. Wow. <laughs> Which is so insane. Wow. <laughs> like, the little dancer girl is gonna, you know, like it just makes me laugh. That is that's it. what the kind of thing God does, you know, and it, that's part of your like, you know, the whole start small, believe big, you know, like because I would not have believed I'd be asked to speak at Harvard. And the interesting thing is because the person at Tribute in charge of it mentioned I'd written a book. They're talking about having me come back in the fall just to talk about the book. So that's like wow, so crazy. That is, but it's a God it, thing, you know. It is a God and thing. I just like okay, Lord, you know, give me words, tell me what to wear. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> isn't it funny how <clears throat> you know we talked about delayed obedience and disobedience, and when we when we obey and say yes to God what he can and will do that's beyond anything we could ever imagine. Shocking the things. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think, Oh, it's about making millions of dollars and being famous. No, this is about making God famous. This is about building the kingdom of showing people how God has showed up and showed out in our lives. And I, I absolutely said it before and I'll say it again. I'm very proud of you for being, for persevering and getting this book published and continuing to go out and speak. And you have a link on your website for anybody that may be interested in having you speak at one of their events. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. But you you know um, what you said, Billy is so true that, you know, it's not about me. And I've said this from the very beginning and it's also, it's not even really about Bruce. It's God's story and what he did. And, you know, when we're telling our own story and that's connected to God, people can't dispute that. Like, because it's my story and it's what I believe and what I've seen in in my life. And not because I'm special, but because of who God is. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we have a God who is more than able and is faithful and loves us more than we could ever, ever imagine. Yeah. 
It's amazing. Well, if you want to read God's story in Anne's book, Pieces Falling, Navigating 9-11 with Faith, Family, and the FDNY, all the links will be in the show notes and you can purchase a book, uh, book her for a speaking engagement, follow along on her journey as she continues through this path that God has paved for her. And and I just, I can't thank you enough. I really, I always enjoy talking to you, but I think our listeners are really going to enjoy listening to you and reading your story. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, Billy. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. I put your podcast on when I'm Move, you know, traveling from Brooklyn to wherever. Yeah, and, uh, it go. And I always well, love hearing you. your voice. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Before I go, I want to ask you to help out with the show. Subscribe to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast where you listen and leave an honest review of the podcast because that's the way other people can find where they can listen to a good show that may be blessing your life. And if you have a friend that the podcast, podcast, I'm stumbling over my words, may bless, let them know and let them listen in, especially today to Anne Van Hine and her book. I pray the podcast has encouraged you to allow Jesus to work in and through your life, one step, one decision, and one action at a time. Thank you for joining me and Anne today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. I hope you're back next week for another episode. Now. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.